0: Hello, everyone. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're going to be talking about analytics. You know, it's such an important area. There's so many opportunities that people can find if they take the time to see the stats. You know, to actually analyze. You know, and go through what it is that is making your website work, what's not. You know, everything in digital marketing is all. It's about statistics nowadays. Like I say you got to be part data scientist to be really able to keep up. With everything, and find the most you know opportunity to really take advantage of the things you know. Because whether you're using Facebook, you're using, I say, you're, you've got your website analytics, you've got Google, you've got all sorts of numbers being thrown at you, and if you know how to use them, you can really you know win in digital marketing. But if you don't, you're going to miss out on a lot of a lot of op- opportunities and such. Um, today, I've got with me Philippa Games Websites That Win. Philippa, it's great to have you on. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do.
1: Well, thanks, Cash. Yeah, it's great to be here. And uh, I help businesses to find better opportunities for revenue and making money and getting the other kind of outcomes that they want from their websites and also to stop wasting money on stuff that isn't working. So I work primarily with the analytics, but I'm basically a digital marketing strategist, So it's really not so much about just the numbers for the numbers sake, but but what what can the numbers actually tell you that you can use to make more intelligent decisions about how you're running your business online?
0: Yeah, Um, I want to start off our conversation by asking you, you know, when you're dealing with clients, how often do they really understand how the numbers can help them? Yeah, you because know, I mean, we see I see stuff with clients all the time where they are just they really are not that knowledgeable um, about, you know, the opportunities that are there because they're just not they don't take the time to really look at it.
1: Right. And and, you know, that's the thing. You can be overwhelmed. I mean, Google Analytics has at least I, I don't know what the number is now. Like, it used to be like 140. I think it's probably more now. Default reports. Um, And there's just number after number after number. So it Hmm. is easy to get totally lost in the weeds. Um, My favorite kind of client is the the business owner or manager who comes to me and they says, Philippa, tell me what I need to know to run my business better. Because that's the real point. It's not just all of the numbers. It's which numbers do I need to know to run my business better. And for different businesses, that will be different aspects of what you can see or, yeah. or, or, you know, depending on what you're focused on right now, whether you've got a brand new marketing campaign, brand new product or whatever as well. Um, but, uh, but having an approach so that you can, you can get intelligent about it really helps.
0: You know, one of the things I like to do when I'm, you know, talking with other, uh, you know, people in the digital marketing space, you know, I like to ask them what their approach with clients, you know, especially from an education standpoint. So if I was a client, you know, or a prospective client that came, you know, to you, I said, hey, I kind of asked what you just mentioned, right? You know, what would you, what would you tell me? Yeah, like what's how do you get that process like going for them so that they're really thinking in the right direction? Cause it's like, Hey, okay, great. I'm coming to you, but clients need to know, you know, and business owners need to understand this. So how do you kind of get them on the track for education?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think first of all, it's really important to say it's a partnership um, because the business, I'm never going to know as much as the business owner does about their business. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we put our heads together, and that makes us, you know, what is it? We're better than the sum of our parts. Um, yeah. But you know, the first thing you actually do have to do, which I know is kind of the boring end of it, but you have to make sure that the data going into the analytics is clean. Um, so the first thing that I will do is is audit the setup. Um Google Analytics, the new version actually also has some some default settings that are a bit silly like it only keeps data for two months um unless you reset that uh, I, I know you look stunned
0: <laughs> yeah like I mean i I haven't been you know digging in you know heavily because i you know we've got uh, members of our team that you know they do that, but I didn't realize they'd have. Like, really? You have to tell it not to keep, you know, to keep your data longer than two months?
1: Well, and, you know, there may be some occasions or some types of businesses for which that's actually, a, especially since Google Analytics is much more oriented towards privacy now. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, and things like engagement. So so one of the things it has is, a one, is much more robust ways of measuring actual user engagement and how they consume content and what they spend time on. Um, but it it's measures of engagement start at ten seconds, and again, you know, I tend to change that because I don't believe if somebody's been on your website for ten seconds that that's what I would call an engaged visit. Yeah. Somebody who's really already interested, because they could just be still trying to find the right navigation button. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. and then uh, again, I, I mean, I'm talking Google, but you know, I'm you can do this with most analytics programs. Um, the power of it is in the actual setup that's customized to your business and especially now it has a lot of different ways that you can customize to tell some really sort of pretty deep granular stuff um, how far down a page people go mm-hmm. literally how much yeah. of a video they uh, consume which can be very helpful information um, when they press certain buttons or you know very very specific things about what their behaviors are And again, how you set that up is going to depend on your individual situation, the outcomes that you're looking for. And so one of the other things that we do very early on is is to make sure that your own analytics implementation is set up optimally to, to measure the things that you really care about, which it may not be out of the box. And then having done yeah. that we can get to the fun stuff which is you know what do we really need to know what is it that we're working on what are the key metrics for our business right and and businesses are different so e-commerce businesses are trying to to seriously sell stuff online b2b businesses are trying to generate leads So, you know, there are some differences, but also there are lots of little steps along the way. We call them micro goals, right, as opposed to macro goals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, somebody signing up for a a newsletter of some kind or somebody consuming a piece of content that, you know, moves them along the kind of interest level journey, um, those kinds of things you want to know about. So you want to map out what is it I really want to know about my business that will help me to figure out where things are working and where they're not?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, I say that you, you mentioned a couple of really interesting things there, you know, cause you end up with a lot of data and like you mentioned 10 seconds, you know, and the, yeah, what they're actually doing in 10 seconds. Yeah. And with websites, 10 seconds can be kind of like an eternity in its own way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it seems, you know, because we're used to like, you know, load times and stuff. We got to get it to load faster. So because people lose interest really quick. But also, it does take time to actually read and nobody reads in 10 seconds, you know, any amount, any significant amount of content, anyway. Um, <clears throat> you know, so that kind of stuff is really going to matter. And then, you know, really seeing the journey. I know with, Um, analytics for, they've incorporated some stuff that typically you were having to um, pay other third parties, you know, platforms to be able to get that kind of data. I know, you know, you mentioned the scrolling one. And I think that's like, I've always loved that particular one, because you can see how far people are going down. Because when I'm talking with clients, I'm constantly educating that, you know, as you scroll down, you've got so much 100% of the people see above the fold you know, but yeah. by the time you get to the bottom and I always find this really interesting because you'll see all sorts of people put like the lead generation forms at the bottom. And I'm like, only 10% of the people get down to the bottom. Why would you put your form at the bottom? You put it at the top, but it still happens constantly. Yeah. You know, cause, Cause it's like, Hey, we want to introduce ourselves first. And if, you know, and if they get all the way to the bottom, like, but we have this habit of scanning everything that's online. My wife actually, the other day was like, yeah. I was like looking at an article and she was like looking over my shoulder and I'm, I'm reading through the article and she's like, there's no way you could be reading that fast. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not, I'm scanning. Cause that's what we do online. <laughs> you
1: know? Right. And, right.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's, I was looking and I was reading key, you know, things that parts of the article that I found of interest, but you know, it's the, the stuff that they've included, typically we've had to go to third parties. Now there's still things that they don't include, you know, but they have made it a lot more, you know, useful from that. Let me ask you, like, when we do reporting for clients, we don't give them Google Analytics reports. We use the system, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: we always want to be able to visualize the data better and make sure we have key points that they can, you know, that we're focused on for their type of business. You know, so do you have any, like, I guess suggestions or tips, you know, on how you make things more interesting so that you can engage the client or that business owner better so that, they, cause like I say, otherwise they, you know, I can send them reports. They can look through them. Doesn't mean they actually pay attention to them. They scan them out. You know, like how do you get, you know, how do you make it so it's more visually appealing so that people actually want to take the time to read it? You know, what's the business owner, what's going to keep their attention?
1: So I think there's there's two things there. I mean, first of all, um, the analytics programs will link through to something like Google Looker Studio or BigQuery, you know, which mm-hmm. are the t- which are data visualization tools. So you can get the data into those tools and then, as you said, make it look a bit prettier. But you know, I think the key to that is again going back to not just delivering the clients, um, you know, a, a, the usual dashboard, but but tailoring it to different, different clients. Maybe you've got, you know, more than one team at the client. Um, what is it that, that again, what do those people actually need to know? Cause the marketing people mm-hmm. want different things from the sales people, from the fulfillment people and so on. Right. So, so one thinking about the actual recipients of whatever report it is you're sending out. And then two you know i mean there's all sorts of studies on visualization right but using the kind of visual that really helps bring out what it is you're trying to convey so i, I used to teach at a business school where i had a, a colleague who if any student gave him a pie chart they'd fail well I mean, they wouldn't fail but you know <laughs> he he was adamantly yeah. opposed to pie charts um because he said that they, half the time they don't they don't really visually convey good information. So, you know, what, what is the best venue? Is it a bar chart or, you know, is it a map? And then uh, overlaying maybe some, some further information like arrow trend arrows. Is this going up? Is this going down? Is this, right. you know, is this, is this good? Is this bad? Um, but the thing that I think makes, a consultant like myself powerful is not just reporting the numbers, but then adding on, okay, you know, do we have suggestions or recommendations about things that we should do as a result of seeing this? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, do we just want to look at report and say, Oh good, there's more of this than there was last week and walk away. Um, Which goes back to, you know, what are you looking at and are you looking at the right things? But, but actually being able to apply the numbers to say, Uh, you know we this is this isn't looking good based on what we should be what we're trying to do Um, so we need to do something something about it and then figuring out what that might be
0: well i think it's you know partly you're taking and deciphering the data for them you know so for a business owner you know because even if you have an internal team of marketers and i like your point about breaking up the uh, content based on you know or essentially designing different reports based on who is going to be the the end audience so you know often if you're from a marketer's point of view if you are and this can include internal marketing teams and stuff consider who is going to be reading the data you know, who's, who is the audience, who do you want looking at it? So if you're an external agency, you're tailoring it for the business owner, but also potentially if they have a chief marketing officer, you know, and that might be different than what the business owner sees. If they have any kind of internal marketing team that you're working with, because often, you know, you end up working with companies that do like internally, they might do specific things, but not everything. So you're hired to do, um, you know, it could be you're hired to do SEO, but they do all their paid marketing in-house or something like that. So tailoring the data for that specific audience, understanding that the business might have multiple people that are different audiences. And Mm -hmm. then you take, yeah. And from there, you know, you want to be able to, you know, build out pieces of the report that say, okay, here's the actionable things we could do, you know, based on this data, you know, not just throw numbers at them. Yeah. So, cause as a business owner, you want, you you know, it's great to see the data and maybe it's trending in the right direction or the wrong direction, you know, but whether it is or not, you still want to know, you know, what is it amongst there that you can use? You know, what are right, the suggestions right. and stuff? Because right. often I think the strategy part is separated. Like, here's the data, but here's the strategy. And they're not really right. combined into one cohesive thing.
1: Right. And, and the other thing is giving the data context. Um I mean, obviously, you know, the very crude kind of measurement is, did we have more visitors than we did last week, right? Right. But just yeah. having more visitors than you did last week isn't necessarily a good thing. If they're the wrong kind of visitor, it doesn't make any difference, right? Right. If you have 20,000 people coming to your website and none of them are the right type of person who buys actually buys your stuff, mm-hmm. then that's not really helpful. So, so that's why I'm saying, you know, interpreting the numbers, putting the numbers into context. Um, and looking for what they might suggest.
0: Yeah. Now the data itself, you know, if when you're going through it, I mean, the idea of being able, you know, the whole point of the data is to find opportunities. So, you know, you want to be able to, from some standpoint, use it to, you know, push innovation within a business, you know, because it's it's looking at opportunities. So, for example, you know, you have you have a certain type of visitor because you mentioned that. Um, You could have 20,000 people show up to the website and they're not your customer. Now, maybe some of them are, but maybe the way you're speaking to them is wrong, you know, so that they won't, you know, in in the current form, they're not. So what kind of suggestions might you have um, as far as, you know, when you are breaking some of that data down to find opportunities? You know, is there an approach to that?
1: Yeah. And especially if you have a lot of content on your site, for example, so, you know, you're talking about um, your products, your services, your expertise. Mm -hmm. One of the things that can be very helpful is to have an internal site search engine. So a search engine that's actually on your site. Okay. And then you can track what people put into that. So what they're looking for once they get to your website. And that can be incredibly valuable market research because it tells you what your visitor's mindset is and it tells you what they expect to find at your website. And I have absolutely identified with clients uh, opportunities from that for new products, new services, you know, based on, as I say what the expectations are and even simple things like Understanding that the words that they use are not the words that you use. So one of the things we have, especially in more technical businesses, is you know there's a load of geek speak, right? There's a load of jargon. Yeah. There's the terminology that we use that we know. But but one of the things that that is are often is often overlooked is is that the, the visitor doesn't necessarily know your words. So finding mm-hmm. out how the visitor speaks or thinks about what what you're selling. And then, again, if they, if they don't understand your terminology, changing that or educating that then accordingly um, uh, can, can be very valuable. And the other thing is finding that you've got different types of visitor from what you imagined. And I've done this a few times as well. I worked uh, a while ago with a, a manufacturing, a, an industrial wax manufacturer uh, up in Wisconsin. Okay and so they made you know big 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 order b2b industrial waxes but they had beeswax and duck wax and and very okay. high quality duck wax yeah <laughs> <laughs> their website, i didn't know there was
0: such a thing as duck wax <laughs> their,
1: their website was all about how you know the quality and all and mm-hmm. we it became very clear from the analytics that we were seeing a lot of consumers who wanted to buy beeswax to make their own candles Okay. But they weren't the target clients of, of or the target buyer of this client, right? But mm-hmm. there were so many of them that we said, wait a minute. And the clients actually created a little side e-commerce site for consumers. So the website said, you know, if you're a consumer and you just want a small order, click here. Took them off to this other site where they okay. could buy enough, you know, beeswax to make 10 candles. I mean, small orders, small fulfillment. Sure. Um, but there was enough people coming to that side website to make it economically worth doing um, Mm. and not just lose all that traffic, just simply saying, Hey, we don't serve you. So if you want to do stuff like that, it can be very helpful.
0: That's, that's a really good example. Like, um, because often you'll see uh, especially manufacturing type businesses that they, they have it in their mind that we serve a particular customer. And some, I, for like, Years ago, I worked for a company that uh, produced ball bearings, <laughs> uh, and and but the thing is, is they they did small batch, very similar, you know, small batch ball bearing. So, like in the ball bearing world, you might buy, um, you know, a large company like General Electric would buy from these types of businesses, but they might buy a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand or something, you know. Well, this company did small batch orders, so it'd be like two or three thousand you know, for whatever product you're going to manufacture and you need those in there. Well, a lot of the traffic they got were for people that needed ball bearings. Okay, but they wanted them for one off uses. Now, I don't know that their business model would have allowed for them to serve that market, but you know just as your example you know the potential exists that if you're getting enough traffic of some sort you might have a business opportunity you know to and you know chance to serve those people and in your example they set up a side e-commerce and said if you're a consumer and you want a small batch click over here and you know it if it's not that hard to run from from a business standpoint it mm-hmm. could be a nice little you know opportunity that's also very low maintenance
1: Right, you know, exactly. So I, I, yeah.
0: I, yeah, I've also I done this there's...
1: by the way, with knowledge products. Um, oh yeah. So uh, I, I mean, I worked with a, a a law company which was in employment law, and they didn't do litigation. Mm. they did training. So they trained big right. companies in, in you know how to run a fair workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it was a similar kind of concept. We had a load of employees coming to the site because there was so much really good employment mm. law content. Saying, I think I've just been unfairly terminated, or I think I'm being sexually harassed, sure. and I, and I, you know, and we created for that market, again, which wasn't the target client, um, but we created eBooks, which are basically PDF files that you pay some money and yeah. you get the file right. Yeah. So it's completely self fulfilling, um, so that people could come along and say, um, you know, I think I've been fairly unfairly terminated. Okay, here's a checklist. Before you go and see a very expensive lawyer, here's a checklist that you can just run through to see if you might have a case with, of course, a load yeah. of disclaimers all over it. But, you know, obviously they were lawyers. Um, sure. Same thing. This thing, once you set it up, it pretty much runs itself and it sits there and quietly makes a few thousand dollars a month. And, you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, yeah, electronic products are a great example because, you know, once you've got them set up, it's a download. So there is no work. You literally just collect right. the money and you've set up a payment system with Stripe or something else, um, you know, to just be there and charge. So it's click, you know, add to cart. They make right. their purchase. They've got their, you know, their, hey, download your ebook here and you're done. And right. so, we'll, you know, besides some setup on the front end, you, after that, you're, you know, it, you don't have to do anything except uh, collect the money, right. <laughs> you know, like literally just watch it. And you don't even have to do that. It drops into your bank account automatically. You know, right. you just need to do the accounting for it. Um, you know, so those are some really good examples of, you know, like how you can use your analytics, see who your people, you know, who are the visitors, you know, really start to, you know, drill down a bit. And you may find opportunities like that within the business that you already run. You know, because of, you know, that's the like the weird thing, of website traffic, often a a website won't be necessarily attracting the people you think you would, you know, that is your, you know, normal target audience. You might get other people that are similar, you know, and could use something that you might be able to offer.
1: But to go back to something you said earlier about, for example, let's let's go back to what you somebody's real business, what you actually are selling. Um, But you mentioned scrolling, you know, and a call to action Mm -hmm. form that's right at the bottom of the page. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen stuff like that. You're absolutely right. And um, and there's no reason, by the way, why you shouldn't have your call to action in more than one place on the page. I mean, you can have yeah. it at the bottom for people who actually get to the bottom, but have it higher up as well. I mean, to me, the best place to put a call to action is when you look at your copy, you should be able to identify places where the, the visitor is going, hey, that's interesting. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you've got them going, yeah. tell me more. You want something that they can interact with.
0: Yeah, that's that's the whole point of like having scrolling trackers and heat maps and stuff, too, because you can see, you know, heat maps can be very useful in that regard because you see what they're. Clicking on or attempting to click on in some cases, because you'll see, you know, you can have websites that have places that look like they're buttons, you know, they're saying something and they're not actual buttons. Um, And that you might find that there's an opportunity that if you turned it into one, you know, that that's where people are, they, they want more information. You know, it could be as simple as I'm saying this, you know, very briefly in some box or whatever, and I've got a, you know, button of, whatever it might say, but if you turn it into a learn more and then, you know, they want deeper knowledge about that particular thing and you're not offering it yet, they're Mm -hmm. trying to get it. So you can find opportunity there to say, Hey, they do want some more information. Let me set this up so I can actually give it to them.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 And honestly the amount of content on, on websites that have a lot of content where the content's completely wasted Is crazy. You know, people make really good content, but they don't monitor how that content is being consumed. And so Mm -hmm. um, people don't find it or it's too far down the page or whatever. And it's great stuff. Um, and, and, you know, given that most businesses have websites where it's not like somebody, it's not Amazon, right? Somebody just doesn't come along and immediately buy something. So you're looking at at a customer journey where you're trying to engage people and get them interested in what you have to say, what you're selling, what you're talking about. You want all of your content to be working for you as much as it can. Um, and that's so often not the case. And again, you know, all the things that you can do with analytics around engagement, what people like, what they don't like, where they're going to see if you can move stuff around, um, to, to get more leverage out of the content that you've got there.
0: Yeah. How do you like, how do you set goals that can actually be achieved? You know, you, cause <laughs> if, if you're going to, you know, you, people should be focused on their analytics business owners should take an active interest in what those numbers actually look like. I I know we have a lot of clients, we send them reports every month, yet very few actually, and we offer to set up meetings, go through these reports, give you the breakdown and stuff, but very few will actually take us up on it. You know, and I think it's, you know, from a business owner standpoint, it's such a lost opportunity, you know, like they don't want to make the time, you know, and then, but then you have some that, you know, they make the the time, you know, you got to be able to set achievable goals, you know, ach- achievable expectations, you know, on the uh, the client side for the business owner. You know, so how do you go about setting those clear and achievable goals if you're a marketer, but also the expectation of the business owner? You know, what is an achievable goal? You know, because some of them have like ridiculous ideas.
1: Right. Well, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, first of all, I I wouldn't just show up at a client and say, hey, would you like to see this lovely report? Um, Because I think, again, going back to, the point is, what do you need to know? What are you working on? You know, Where are the things in your business that you feel aren't working? Um, or where would you like to expand? Or you know, what's going on? So that what we're doing is talking to what the business owner is actually trying to achieve. Because if you, there's no business owner that's not going to say, hey, tell me more. If you say, look, I've, I've got an idea of where you could make some more money. Or I've got an idea of where you're pouring money into a black hole, do you think you should stop, <laughs> right? I mean that's going to get their attention. So, 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 so identifying, you know, what is it going again? What, what we're really trying to do, and and um, I don't know, go Yeah, targets for goals are. I, I get a lot of people asking me about benchmarking, and I think benchmarking is a, is a. It, it's a bit difficult because mm-hmm. when you compare your performance to other companies you don't there's lots you don't know you don't know how good their marketing is you don't you don't know all sorts of like internal things so it can be to some extent useful if you want to know you know what's the average something or other in this industry um but to some extent i think it's it's trial and error and and i mean if you look at conversion rates or outcome rates of what you're doing, for example, with your website and, and nobody's doing anything, then obviously that's really bad, right? Yeah. So you start to grow from there. And I think you you can get an idea of what's a sort of typical response rate. I mean, you know, e-commerce response rates right now or e-commerce completion rates are still 2 to 3% on average. I mean, it's still yeah. amazingly low. Right, so so if your site's doing five percent, you're actually doing quite well, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which I find. I mean, it's yeah, phenomenal. But yeah, um, it, I think again, You have to go to the context. You have to go to what's our sales cycle. You know, how complicated is what we're selling. I mean, there's lots of different factors. Yeah. I'm not sure there's a, a one size fits all rule here.
0: Got it. Yeah, I mean, every business is going to be a bit. You know, they're definitely going to have. Um, they're all different every business you can have two businesses that technically are in the same industry but they can have different you know benchmarks too based on you know who they actually go for and you know and also the size of the company that they are you know let me say one's large both could be you know in the HVAC business but if one's larger than the other Yeah, then the goal set is going to be a bit different. The expectation, the number of markets, there's all sorts of different competing uh, factors that you have to consider, you know, so you want to be able to dive into that business. You can set expectations, but every business is going to be can be very different on what those expectations will be.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to end on on that note um, and ask just like, what would be if you are a business owner that really, you know, you haven't been paying much attention to the analytics, what advice would you give them if they've finally decided to, you know, get into it and learn, you know, what these numbers actually mean?
1: So uh, there's lots of there's lots of stuff online that can help you. I mean, honestly, I would recommend not not because this is what I do, but I would recommend if you're really new to it, you know, get some help from somebody who can really show you and explain to you because it's it's not trivial. Um, but there are so many opportunities to to really improve the outcomes of what you're doing, to really figure out if you've if you've got a website which is playing any kind of role in your business, and if you're not understanding how that website is performing for you, then you're just shooting in the dark with everything that you're putting into it. Right. And that's the bottom line. So you're running blind, and you may be running pay-per-click advertising or whatever. But again, you, you need to know whether the money that you're putting into it is paying off. And if not, you know where you need to make the changes. So, um, Google Analytics is free. It's uh, I'm obviously consultants are not free, but you know um, if, you've, <laughs> yeah. if you've never given it a go, find somebody that that can can get you into it, um, and, and start being intelligent about what you're doing online.
0: Yeah, and there are a lot of online. Tools that you can use to educate yourself, um, courses that can be taken, a lot of stuff is is video based nowadays. So you know, you don't necessarily have to spend a ton of time reading. You can really see examples and have you know see walkthroughs of. And you have to remember that uh, in the case of any kind of analytics, there's going to be a lot of data there. But not all of it is going to apply to your business. You know, so you can do customization and say, these are the numbers I care about the most. Once you've kind of dug in and seen what numbers exist, yeah, mm-hmm. then you can start Absolutely. to decipher it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right,
1: right. Well, this,
0: is gonna, yeah, this has been fun. Um, how would people get a hold of you if they want a, a web analytics expert to work with?
1: Thank you. So my website is websitesplural.win.com. And I'm sure you're going to put this in the show notes as well, right? Yes, we but, do. And uh, most of the time I hang out a lot on LinkedIn. So you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, and I'd be happy to hear from everybody. And I do offer a, a sort of free introductory call, you know, if you, if you want to chat with me and just see if I can help you out, I'd be happy to do that.
0: Okay. My name's Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Master, CEO of Titan Digital. We've been talking about website analytics. If you are a business owner and you are not really actively engaged, like if you're using an agency or you have an in-house team, but you're not really paying attention to you know, the data, you need to start. It's uh, As a business owner, you have a lot of responsibilities, but you're spending money on marketing one way or another, and you know, you're going to see that there's a lot of opportunity and there's missed opportunities. And if you're not familiar with that data, then, you know, I say as business owners, we've got to be educated. So I highly recommend get the education, take it seriously. You know, t- it doesn't take that long to actually go through it each month or each week, you know, whatever the, you know, the appropriate period of time is, you know, for your business. So take it seriously. Um, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode.